Welcome back to the Words and Curves podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kirby, and with me, a man who needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. It's Corey Werbel. Wow. <laughs> I always just sit here now, like, do I say anything? Do I not? But I was going to say the hostess with the mostest, Kirby Rollins, <laughs> and the sidekick, Werbs. <laughs> I don't think you're a sidekick. We're equal partners in this. Okay. <laughs> Except for today, we've waited to the end. Is it beauty, age before beauty, beauty before age? We'll let the listeners decide. <laughs> Can you guess now who's here with us in studio room treatment C4? C4? I don't know. I just throw stuff room, in there. Treatment room four or something? Well, we had to change it up today. It's C4. <laughs> Kirby, when this guest, when you introduce him, we can just walk out because... He's going to take it from here. <laughs> well, he's been in here with us for all these anyway, though. He's he's listened to all of them. We have our producer, our big kahuna. I don't know. What do you want? Head honcho. El Conquistador. What'd you, what'd you say? El Conquistador. You, call, you called him something, and I didn't even know what it was. I don't know. Somebody said that one other time, years ago. Well, maybe it's wrong. It's El Conquistador in my book. What is Conqu- What is that? Being? I don't know. I think it's like the leader, the head honcho, the Camacho, macho. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he's the boss man. He's the director. He's the owner. He's whatever else you want to call him. He's probably that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> As I sit here and listen to him, he was just—he was just gonna let us keep going. Huh? Yeah, just figure out, just let him go, let him talk, let him let him open their mouth, insert foot. Eventually, you know, bo- bonuses are decided on the uh, podcast uh, play. Oh. Did you just say it's kind of like a sponsor? We get a bod- podcast bonus now. There we go. All right. Now you're <laughs> we need higher listeners. Is this kind of like YouTube or how? How's that work? Uh, Instagram or TikTok, many, Snapchat, whatever. We're influencers now. Yeah. The, the more <laughs> the more people watch, they start paying. Yeah. So, yeah social a, media influencer. There you a, go. Podcast influencer. There we go. And then we can have sponsorships and everything else. Werbs and Curbs podcast sponsored by. That could be you, who listener out there. That Come could on. be you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kirby, introduce him. It's your job, not mine. We already did. We haven't said his name. Oh, I think everybody knows who it is. It's Aaron Burkett. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that 17-minute introduction. But yeah, so we finally saved you, saved me for the end. I figured we uh, put everybody else first since they're all a heck of a lot more important than what I am. All right, so since there might be a bonus on this, I'll just throw this out there. Save the best for last. <laughs> He's just going to keep Hold on a second. Yeah, I was going to say, let me let me get Corey out of my rear end here for a second. It's going to get deep in here, everybody. <laughs> Put your high waters on. <laughs> so, Aaron, for the people who don't know who you are, which is probably not very many people that listen to this, but uh, kind of give us a little background on – Obviously, we just had your anniversary here, so kind of give us a little background on how all this started here and um, how long you've been here and everything. 
So I am a Ohio University, go Bobcats, OU, oh yeah, 1993 graduate with my bachelor's degree in physical therapy. So older than, I graduated before, I think uh, like four of our therapists were even born. So like if that, if that doesn't make you feel old, I don't know what does. But I was five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so that was you know i started here in 1993 and i was here for about two years i left and went to blanchard valley um i was at blanchard valley for just over two years and while i was there i did uh kind of some outpatient um orthopedics and i also was on site with whirlpool uh corporation um I, they had an on-site therapist, um, and I learned a ton while I was there. It was kind of, it was actually probably a super interesting kind of uh, setting because I got to see people as soon as they got hurt right off of the line. Um, they would go and see the nurse, and then they would come see me. And then usually that next day they would see the doctor, and then we would do therapy with them. Um, I got to go see the jobs. I got to see how they did the jobs, and then we got to be able to work with them on how we can modify things to make it better. So. Then, yeah, I thought you were going to say there, uh, I'd see them right when they got hurt, and then they'd see the nurse, and they'd see me, and then the next day, they were all better. <laughs> not, not quite, but close. So I, um, so then after that, I was there for two years, and uh, the guy that used to own the company, he uh, they contracted with the hospital. He asked me to come back, and so I did, and I've been here since 97. Um, I live in Tiffin, and I drive back and forth. And, you know, 43 miles. I can about make that drive in my sleep. I do have an autopilot button on my car for the days that where I'm a little sleepy and it just takes me home. So, um, <laughs> need to get that Tesla self driver. But, but also, I think that listeners would like to know there was something exciting that happened when you came back that second time. I forget the year. Time flies when you're having fun. What you got a chance to not only you weren't the co worker or worker. You became the bond. <laughs> so in and I so I went back to school and finished up my doctorate degree in physical therapy with uh, University of St. Augustine. I did that in 2006, and shortly after, I'm sorry, I my official diploma was 2009. I'm sorry, I started in 2006. Um, but somewhere in that time frame between like 2006 and 2009, I ended up buying the company from the guy that had it before me. I really don't remember when the year was. It's, some, it's somewhere in that time frame between like 2006 and 2009. Um, and so uh, I own the company that's uh, we're called Therapy and Wellness Solutions. Um, we contract with Ohio Health to provide all the therapy here at the wellness center and at the hospital. So we've been doing that since... I mean, I've been here since 97, um, and, you know, it's we've been doing that ever since, so. Wow. Wow. So you got to see, you guys started in the hospital, right, with therapy, and then eventually this building got built, right? Yeah, we, we were in the hospital. If anybody knows where the CAT scanner is, that, that portion, and then there's an office, I think, that's kind of around there. Um, that was where the old therapy department was. Um, now, uh, and we moved out here in 2000. So we've been here just over 21 years. So it's been, um, 
it was an interesting transition trying to get things moved uh, to out here and just watching this building being built and coming out here when there was just a concrete floor and trying to lay out where we were going to put everything. Uh, Jenny, Good, and myself, we came out here. We had uh, sizes and chalk, and we start uh, tape measure and chalk, and we started measuring things out as to how we were going to do things. They wanted to know where we wanted electrical outlets in the floor. And so we had to kind of have some sense of idea of where we were going to put things so that that way they could open up the different electrical outlets. And that was probably the hardest thing because once they're open, you can't really close them again. So, um, and if you've been here, you know there's a couple spots where um, there's a outlet that catches everybody's walker. <laughs> Who can we blame for that? Jenny. <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> but some other things you did over the years, um, I mean, there's many other things, but you did some in-home rehab. You've done home health. Like you hospital. said, industrial rehab, hospital, outpatient, inpatient. Uh, I did some nursing home when I first started. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when I first started as a therapist, I was in the nursing home. Um, yes, I've done home health through a couple different companies. It was um, it was when one of them was uh, Harden Home Health, So and then they ended up getting purchased by Ohio Health. Um, I did home health for them. Um, I've done home health for a couple other different agencies um, in the area. Um, we don't do that anymore. Um, it got to the point where it was the clinic was too busy and we didn't have the time and the people to be able to do it and, or to do it right. Let's put it that way. Um, it, we could do it, but it just wasn't getting done to the way that I like to have things done. Um, it always felt like it was just kind of running around and, oh, I need to go run out and do this. And it just got to the point where it was getting too difficult to do. So, And then we had some staff issues here. So it was like my time had to be dedicated here. Um, and we just kind of eventually did away with the home health. So, but yeah, here, I, you know, we've done, I, I mean, I, I do the hospital, um, I do acute care. Um, one of the more recent things that we've been doing for the past, uh, two and a half years is, um, one, one of the orthopedic surgeons is, uh, in his clinic. Um, I'm there with him. So that way, if he has anybody that needs to be seen or anything that needs done, we can get people started right away. So it works out really well to be, you know, it's great for patients, um, you know, so that that way they can at least get started on a couple things, try and give them a couple things to work on, um, you know, get the evaluation, and then we can get them scheduled for their follow-up visits after that. So I, we had kind of, with each of the other staff, kind of talked about like specialty areas or interest areas or whatever, but for you, I we were kind of talking about this before we recorded. There's he's seen he's seen about everything. He's like, what's what's your specialty area? But it's really not that. It's just you've you've seen so much. I'm, I think that's just with experience and doing a lot of things. With that age, <laughs> you have a lot of experience. I didn't say old. Stop thinking it, people. Stop thinking it. You might have said it, not me. <laughs> but I will say this. Um, from St. Augustine, I don't know if you touched on that. You got your manual, oh, yeah, manual certification, certification, your doctorate right? of physical therapy. So maybe <clears> you could talk some about that. And then it's been a couple years now, but you also are, I think we mentioned it one of the other podcasts. Certified, yeah, dry know. needling certified. So but you also do some like other stuff that in a more rural area, like wound care and yes. lymphedema. lymphedema. And yeah. So when, when you're in a, a rural area like this, uh, you know, I've talked to therapists, you know, that live in the city and, you know, that is all they do is, you know, like one thing. Um, 
And so, you know, I've over the years, when I first started, I did not, the last thing I wanted to do was outpatient orthopedics. That is, that was not what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be a neurotherapist. I wanted to work with stroke patients and spinal cord injuries and head injuries. That's what I, like, I had a huge passion for that. It was my final uh, rehab clinical um, was at, in Fort Wayne. And I actually, I knew I was coming to Kenton at that time. And I actually treated a patient um, that was born here um, in Kenton. And he ended up, he was, he lived in Shipshawana and he was in the rehab hospital. It was kind of a, I mean, it was kind of an interesting type of thing, you know, just, um, you know, obviously he was, he was an Amish fellow and just that whole rehab, that's what I wanted to do. Like, that's where I was going. Um, and then I found out I was coming here and it was more outpatient orthopedics and I, my kind of had to change gears a little bit, but, um, so being here, I have to do, we have to do everything. Yes, I do some dry needling. Um, I do some manual therapy. You know, we do some manipulation. Um, and I did that, you know, because it was a need. I, do, I try and find those things that are needs. And I needed to be able to learn how to do those things. And that's what it was. That's how I got to that point. Um, did some wound care things. We've, we had a therapist here that did some lymphedema treatments. And basically, we sent them to the course. But then what I did was had them teach me, you know, the basics. And so if I understand the basics of it, I can see someone. And then if they end up becoming too complicated or it's more than what, you know, I feel comfortable with, then I'm going to refer them on. Um, and sometimes even with that, like with wound care, we can work with, you know, some of the wound clinics in whether it's in Marion or whether it's in Lima or, you know, wherever um, people are going. Um, we can work with them and do kind of some of the stuff local so that that way it saves travel time for people. So, but I, my, I love doing that neuro stuff. And even today, you know, when I get to see my neuro patients every once in a while, um, I, I have to, I, it's flipping a switch in my brain because I don't do it that often, but it's, it's really actually a lot of fun because it's like, that was what my passion was, you know, at when I was in school. And when I get to start doing those things again, it's like, Oh yeah, this is why I love doing that. And my, my basics is, is that everything's neuro, you know, as I've gotten more and more, you know, as I've done more and more therapy and as I've gotten more and more experience as Corey calls it, or just being old, um, (laughs) Uh, okay, so I'm 50. So, you know, old man now. So, and I've been here, I've been a therapist for 28 years. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that as you do more and more things, you kind of learn that everything is neuro because even the orthopedic things, there's an underlying neuro component. And if you don't take care of the neuro stuff first, the orthopedic things aren't going to solve themselves either. So that's true. And I, I just want to say I feel like I've benefited a lot from being here and with the experience. And I think we talked about this in a previous one. Of just being part of a team that where you can learn from people who have more experience or um, me coming from working in Columbus area where, like Aaron said, is in the city you're more specialized at one thing and then having to come here and do all these other things. So it's been beneficial for me to learn all that stuff too. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask is just that we didn't cover yet is why did you want to become a therapist? So well, there's two things. So number one, um, when my sister was in seventh grade, she had a stroke and I got to see how the therapist interacted with her. 
And then when I was in high school, I, I got hurt, you know, and then it was kind of like, all right, yep, I think that's kind of what I want to do. That's not where I started. I actually started at the University of Toledo in an engineering program. And a week into the math stuff, I'm like, screw this. There is no <laughs> way I am going to do this for the rest of my life. And I switched. I switched. Uh, it was on day six of being at school. And, um, you know, it was obviously, you know, I'm, I love what I do. And, you know, I, I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, you know, getting to be, to be able to help people on a daily basis, you know, is probably, you know, it's one of the best, you know, it's so rewarding to be able to do those things. But yeah, so my sister had a stroke and then, you know, I got hurt and it was kind of super interesting to me, had, you know, good people, you know, that I worked with, um, you know, or that worked on me, I should say. And then, um, it was just like, man, I'm going to switch and be a therapist. So Awesome. I think, you know, if you talk to a lot of therapists, they have some sort of story of like either they were hurt themselves or a family member. And they and then uh, I think a common theme amongst therapists and, and other healthcare professionals in general is just that wanting to help other people. I think that's the biggest driver for a lot of healthcare professionals because um, it's not always the money that's <laughs> not that like, true but you know like but you know what i mean it's not just like oh yeah you know like a doctor's like oh yeah i'm gonna make it's not just because of that i mean i think they they want to help people it's not it's it's not just the monetary part portion of it and it's not always you know yeah i get what you're saying but that's you know same thing here i had an injury and did therapy and Aaron. I was his therapist. One, one of my therapists, but yes, Aaron was one of my therapists. That's why I could return to dunking again. Nine foot rim. <laughs> Maybe. 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 Off of a trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> Drain threes like money. But anyways. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing. That's not a joke. But anyways. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Want to help people. Got into therapy. Liked it. Um Bonus attached to this. Just kind of wanted to be like Aaron, maybe. Inspiration. Just kidding. It was really Schubert or Jukorski. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just throwing names from the good old boys. Those, those are some names from the uh, way back. Way back. But, you know, it's guys like that and Aaron that helped me decide, yep, this is what I want to do. And, uh, heck, now I got a son wanting to go do it too. So, He's loving life, doing statistics online. So getting ready to get that next. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, one of the big things is, you know, so, you know, as a therapist, you know, there, there were two things that I learned a long, long time ago. Number one is, you know, when I came out, I was a you know new grad. I thought I knew everything. I mean, I will tell you, I thought I knew everything. And then you get about a month into it and you're like, oh, my God, like they didn't teach us this. And they didn't teach us this and they didn't teach us this and they didn't teach us how to like interact with patients. And so like it was kind of this whole different, you know, ball game. And, but the biggest thing that I felt was listen to listen to your patient's story, relate to their story and show them that you care. Because the whole thing is, you know, I, I was told this a long, long time ago. Nobody knows how or nobody cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And when you when Amen. you put that there, like then everything, you know, just kind of comes along. I like to tell people, you know, whenever I have students, I always try and tell them, I, you know, yeah, you need to go and find out about, you know, this and this and this and this. But I also want you to find out about them. 
Find out something about them. And sometimes with our students, that's hard to do because they're so focused on their neck pain or their shoulder pain or their whatever. And I'm like, well, what do they do? I don't know. Or how many kids do they have? How did they end up in Kenton? Where do they, you know, like things like that. And when you start doing those things, you relate to patients. And when you relate to patients, now they're going to trust you. And when they trust you, they're going to be able to to get better because of the fact that they're going to, basically, it's the whole thing of they're going to believe in you. And then, you know, that whole relationship goes a lot better. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's definitely, uh, I think, the most important part, like you said, of, you know, tr- with any treatment um, or just healthcare in general, and just listening. Yeah, and I think that's in life, right? Yeah, in yeah. life. Well, there's this picture, and I like this picture. It's an iceberg, and the top of the iceberg is—I mean, it's pretty small, but it's showing. You know, this is my shoulder pain, and this is kind of what's going on. And then under the water, the iceberg is huge, and it's showing like I got these family issues, I got these bills to pay, I got all this else is going on, and that is affecting their shoulder, their recovery, their pain levels, and their symptoms. That's true. And, you know, my big thing, uh, we're working with a human being, a person. Yeah. So It's looking at the whole person, not just looking at, hey, exactly. your shoulder. Yeah. You're, you know, you're a shoulder, you're a knee. You're not, yeah. it's not that. It's, hey, well, I'm looking at this whole person and what they like to do, what they enjoy doing, what, yeah. what their background is, and then that's how you really can make a difference. Those were some of the things, like, and those were things that were, basically introduced to me, um, you know, back when I first started it. But one of the biggest frustrations, you know, that that other therapists had that basically, you know, it was something that I was taught and it became, you know, normal behavior was it's not the shoulder in four. Yep. That, you know, that just doesn't fly because, you know, the shoulder in four, the knee in six or the or the whatever in whatever room, you know, you mean um, the person that has a shoulder injury that happens to be in room four or Mr. Smith in room six who had a knee replacement? Like I, you know, the, these people, they are people. They are not a diagnosis or a problem. Um, and we still hear that. And I know that, you know, like with all the HIPAA things and people try and, you know, kind of cover, you know, some of that stuff up. Sometimes it's just a matter of the person that the person that's in room 306 had a knee replacement and we are seeing them for this. There you go. It's that simple. Not just the knee. Yes. And I still hear that at the hospital. I still hear that. (laughs) Yeah. But I will say, you know, that is one thing definitely over the years, uh, I, I don't want to say pushed or learned because it wasn't. It wasn't pushed and learned. Yeah, it maybe had to be mentioned, but it just comes natural out here, and that's what I like. And we've mentioned other times how we build relationships with our patients, get to know them and take care of them and treat them as a whole person, not like you're saying. It's it's more than a job. I'm not trying to get mm-hmm. old mushy and everything. I don't want Aaron tearing up on me. <laughs> well, it's it, so much of it, too, is it, I always, you know, I always try and lead by example. You know, so a lot of times it's like, you know, that behavior, we have probably weeded that out before they even got hired because we can we can hear those things and we can see those things. So there's a good chance that you're probably not even going to be here if you're not at least showing some of those things. Then when they do get you, when people do get here and, you know, you know, I hear it every once in a while and I'll be like, and it's an easy thing. It's like, oh, you mean, you know, the person that's in room 306 that had a knee replacement? 
and people will sometimes look at you like like I don't know what the difference was yeah. but then it's like you know no that was a person that had that knee replacement not the knee oh and it's like then they understand it and it's like just that little bit of difference you know the words that we use are super powerful you know I and and I think the way that we do things like that are super powerful it helps with the recovery of our patients and it just helps to basically humanize them because that's what they are they are people so I was going to bring up next, not to change the subject completely. It's not really a big subject change because Corey was kind of talking about how good the, uh, how good it, it's a different environment out here sometimes than other places, you know, healthcare places that you can go to. So not to say that like we're great, but like the, the employees here are really good. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Corey and I are awesome. Awesome. So Aaron, do you want to talk a little bit about like how, how you've, I don't want to say like built this team, but like hire, you know, Going into like hiring us and uh, how we've kind of formed this team or family here. So one of the biggest things that I love is, you know, for the most part, everybody that is here is from this area. Um, and, you know, I try and do that on purpose because when number one, when you have ties to this region, into this area, you can relate. And you, that is huge in understanding what goes on. Um, now... I will be honest with you. I had a student that one point at one point in the past that was kind of local-ish, and this person didn't understand how the Amish worked. And to me, that was kind of interesting that it was somebody from you know that was kind mm-hmm. of from around here and did, had no idea. But it's <laughs> you know it is what it is. Um, but you know, so the the big thing is we go through a whole process. Um, whenever we hire somebody, whether it's they, you know, they start with Corey or they start with Sonia and Corey, they can kind of get weeded down into me. And then from me, then what we do is we narrow it down from there. And then we bring everybody in before they're even offered a job. They have to come and spend time with us. And the whole thing with that is, is we want to know how you interact with us. We want to know how you interact with patients. We want to see, are you just going to sit over in the corner and not do anything? Or are you going to actually interact and do things? And we can, we, we pick up a lot on that. And then ultimately what it does is it comes down to, um, we have a meeting and go, all right, who are we picking? And give me the reasons why, or give me the reasons why not. Um, ultimately it's still my decision, but you know, I, for the most part, I think in general, you know, the people that we've hired have been, you know, obviously really, really good fits. And I think our team right now is spectacular. Um, I Here's the other thing, you know, in addition to, you know, uh, showing people how much you care. The other thing that I learned was hire people that are smarter than you and get out of their way. Now, remember, I didn't hire Corey. <laughs> That was pretty good. I did not see that coming. You can't take credit for greatness is what you just said. Best decision of your non-mind. I just don't get out of your way. No, you don't. Until I move you. So shoot. So uh, what are some, I know we've talked a lot about the clinic and everything else. What are some things you like to do uh, outside the clinic? Um, over the last 28 years, I've done lots and lots of things, but my most recent um, things uh, we can mention on the podcast. <laughs> oh, well, okay. In that case, let's move. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my most recent thing. Um, so I, so I'm married. I have my wife, Chantel. Um, so she, we just bought a camper. Woo! We haven't, it's still sitting in the driveway. We hasn't haven't gone. It hasn't yet. left the driveway. We haven't gone anywhere, but 
Um, so I, apparently that's going to be her next new thing. But I, I like camping to me, whatever. But um, I also have a son. He's uh, 20. And I have a stepson. He's 28. Yes, 28. He lives in Youngstown, so we don't see him that often. But my son, he's back home. Um, he went to BG for a year, and it wasn't for him. And then last year, he be he's been diving, scuba diving for about six years now, I think, um, five or six years. And uh, last year, he became an instructor. And um, I started diving, really getting back into diving about four years ago. And I am currently working with. Here comes a plug. Plug. Columbus Scuba. You, if, if you incorporated, want to be a you can be a sponsor if you want. <laughs> um, but I work with Columbus Scuba, um, and I'm scuba diving about three weekends a month, um, working on becoming a dive master. Um, that's the first step to becoming a professional, which is a scuba instructor, which is eventually what I would like to do. Um, the, the scuba instructor is more just for something to do when I, as I'm getting closer and closer to retirement just to give me something to do when I'm in Florida or in the Keys or Bonaire or <laughs> I don't know, wherever I end up, you know, when this is all Caribbean said and done. Somewhere. Yeah, the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> where I can just kind of go and dive on a regular basis. And if I want to make a little bit of extra money and it's little bits, I mean, scuba diving, uh, you don't, as an instructor, you don't make lots and lots of money, but it's enough to keep me active. And that's why I like it. And it's super, super cool. So if you want to learn how to dive, Call me. <laughs> I was going to say it was pretty cool. I'll give a thank you shout out to Kent Fire Department. I forget, a couple years ago, they were over. That was a different company that did that one. Yeah, that, that they were getting some training, and um, I got to go over and scuba dive in the did pool. You, you dove in? Yeah, man. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Cool. But I can imagine being way down, not seeing the surface, because it would, I mean, it takes some training because you're like, <gasps> You can still see the surface. You just got to look up. Yeah. And it's way up there. It's 60 feet. It's not that far. <laughs> Maybe 100, depending on where you're at. Ah. Hmm. I'll pass right now. But you can see the surface. You turn, you roll over on your back, you look up, you watch your bubbles go all the way to the surface. It is pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. It is cool. What's really cool, I'll t- honestly, uh, what's one of the coolest things is when you dive at night and it's a full moon. Because you can literally lay on your back and you can look up and you can see the moon. So, all right, when you're so forty feet down. Share best thing you saw down diving and scariest moment. Dun, dun, dun. Um, the best thing that I've seen. Well, I mean, like I, I, the best time is when I get to go dive with Colin. You know that that is. You know that's the best. Um, we were in Cozumel, you know, and we also dove in Key Largo, which is where he got his instructor. Um, we saw a turtle uh, with that. Turtles are super cool. I mean, they just, you know, like just watching them kind of, you know, cruise along. Um, when I was in Bonaire, that was probably my best dive experience, though. Um, and that was, you know, that was four, di- four or five dives a day. Um, we did a wreck dive. We did uh, all kinds of stuff. But the probably one of the coolest things that I got to see there was an eagle ray at night. So um, the guy that I was uh, that was my dive buddy, he was filming, and it's nighttime, and all of a sudden this eagle ray came right towards his light, and it literally buzzed the tower. Is what I always say because it it buzzed right in front of where the camera was, and then swam away. 
And then we saw a gigantic, what I say is a gigantic, I mean, it was probably two foot across uh, octopus um, at that on that same dive and just watching it change colors to blend in with the rocks. So it would be on the rocks and it looked like a rock and then it would go down into the sand and it was kind of scooting along and it looked like the sand. Um, and then it got onto some different colored rocks and it changed colors so that I, wow. it's super cool to be able to see that. So. Wow. We ever almost shark bait? Hoo ha ha! Not shark bait, but eel eel bait. Uh, moray eel, green moray eel. I ducked down behind a rock, and it was face to face with me, uh, probably about two feet, and it was fully out of its hole. Most of the time, they just stick their head out. He was fully out of his hole. It was about seven foot long. I uh, I uh, hightailed it out of there, to say the least. Did you, did you wet your wetsuit? <laughs> uh, there, there could have been that. Wet your wetsuit. <laughs> I, w- I warmed up my wetsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, that's funny. So um, I think we're getting to the time where we're going to ask the secret question, which he knows it. Obviously, he I know. We should have came up real quick with a different secret question and thrown them off. Thrown them off. But it. I still want to hear his answer. I do. I want to hear his he's answer. He's heard it every time. Had yeah, to think about I, it. Yeah. He's had a lot of time to think about what he wants to say. So what would be uh, your superpower and why? My superpower would be able to snap my fingers and be wherever I wanted, like Jumper. I think that was the movie. Oh yeah, that's like yeah, they <clears> can, like, as long as they wherever. yeah teleport, yeah. being able to teleport because then you. Know, I know everybody talked about flying earlier. Screw that. This is even better because if I can, if I know where I'm going, boom, just teleport. I don't even have to take the time to fly. I just boom, there okay. I am. I don't remember that movie. So how old is that one? It's not that old. I remember it. Oh I, shoot, Kirby! Come on, man! I, I gave you like, the wink. Well, I was probably like in high school or something. I yeah. can't say it was. Yeah, I mean it's old-ish, but um, okay. Now, last I, topic. I wouldn't rob banks like they did. <laughs> Ooh, last topic, and I know we've talked about this before, but I've heard some people come in, old patients come in, see you for the first time, and they still talk about it. It's a hot topic. <laughs> I think it's going around town. <laughs> it's going around town. <laughs> so so just so we hear it from you explain again the hair the two things though because i know some people understand the blonde and then also the not cutting because there's another story behind that one where you went two years ago i believe if i've got that we didn't even talk about we didn't talk about yeah we didn't talk about this but so uh Three years? No, it was two, it was a year and a half ago, okay. honestly. It was right so, before COVID. Yes, right yeah, it was pre-COVID. pre-COVID. So uh, pre-COVID, uh, January of, that would be 20, correct? It was 20. Yeah, yeah. January of 2020, um, I spent a week in Haiti. Um, it's the STAND project. It's a sustainable therapy and new development. Um, and their project is in Haiti right now. Um Basically what it is, is it's a fundraiser for a clinic that is in the northwestern portion of Haiti. Um, Just like, you know, I think a lot of the churches, you know, around here have gone and, you know, especially after Haiti had their earthquake, um, they've gone and they've helped to rebuild and they've helped to do some education and kind of some outreach. And there's there's all kinds of things that are going on in Haiti, outreach programs like that from all over the U.S. But this was a therapy clinic and they go for two weeks. I did the first week that was there. Um, and just before I went there, I had gotten my hair cut. Um, and so after we went to Haiti, um, it was, by the way, that was uh, the one of the best experiences I could have ever kind of done. And I look forward to being able to go back to that. Uh, come on, where are we with all of that stand people? Um, 
maybe next year. I'm hoping that January we can go back. Uh, but met some, you know, some great people, you know, with that, but then got the opportunity to treat some great people. Um, Haitians are, you know, some of the nicest, most appreciative people. And basically what it is, is we see them for one visit. Um, you do an evaluation on them and you give them exercises. Um, of course, I don't speak Haitian Creole. Uh, so there's an interpreter with you. Um, I did learn some of the language a little bit, but it's been too long that I don't remember what it is. Um, it's actually, so Haitian Creole is actually kind of, uh, some French. So for any of you that speak French, you could go there and at least kind of get by. Um, but it was one of the coolest things that I had ever done. So when we got back, uh, COVID started and that's when they shut down all the uh, hair places, couldn't get your hair cut, barber, nothing. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get my hair cut. I'm going to show COVID that you can't screw with me. So I haven't had my hair cut since January of 2020. And then in February of 2021, um, the blonde, uh, I have, I helped to coach high school swim in Tiffin and we had a couple girls that were right on the edge of making it to districts um, from their times. And I basically made a bet with them that any of them made it individually to districts, I would bleach my hair blonde. Well, my hair turned blonde because we had one swimmer that made it to districts. So, and I got a picture with her, you know, the girl that made it. And, you know, it was kind of a cool thing. She, she never expected me to be able to do it. I showed up on the practice before. Uh, she made it to districts with blonde hair and like, you know, just the look on her face. She couldn't really believe it. So, so there you go. There's the hair and the blonde stuck to his word people. And now I'm going to just keep it, but I am thinking about getting it cut because it's getting to the point where it's driving me crazy. Especially on a hot day like today, oh, right? Hot, humid, <laughs> hot, humid. I, yes. I think I'm going to go with the ponytail pretty soon. I'm really not, but it sounds good. <laughs> well, Kirby kind of did that backwards, didn't we? No, that's all right. We usually ask a question, then we end it. Then we went into a whole other topic. We yeah. could go on from there. Is there anything else you want to bring up or anything, or is that good? I think we're good. Okay. I think well, we're good until we're done, then we think, oh, why didn't we? Well, we can always have him back on. It's not like he doesn't sit back here every time with yeah, us. Yeah, I'm here so. every time. So now <laughs> when you hear me talk every once in a while, you'll understand why. So I just want to remind everybody, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok at Harden Wellness Center. Um, you can always call in um, to the clinic if you have any therapy needs at 419 675 8111. If you have any topics you want us to discuss or questions for us or anything like that, just post on Facebook. You can DM us on Instagram. Um, call in, whatever you'd like. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Finally. Sure, we had a choice. <laughs> no, we loved it. We were looking forward to this, but we did save the best for last. The big the El Conquistador. No, that's not it. I'm Con- trying to think. Yes, it is. It. El Conquistador is uh, from the Bob and Tom thing. That's what you're. Oh, where he had maybe to call. that's where it is coming from. He had to call him. The, it was some guy that does a prank phone call, and he makes him call him El Conquistador every time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Case. Okay, sir, I, I specifically asked you, do not call me anything but El Conquistador. Okay, there's the road. Yes, El Conquistador. <laughs> there it goes. I don't know where this stuff comes from. It just comes from somewhere. So. All right, Kirby. 
I'm going to leave now because I have to go to work. Me too. All right. Me too. Thanks, everyone. Till next time. Warped Curbs. No. <laughs> <laughs>